Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to step into your power, find alignment, and create a life that you love using holistic methods, interviews with industry leaders, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host and health and wellness bestie, Amanda Chills, and I'm so proud of you for choosing to step into the root of your power. podcast fam. Thank you so much for listening. None of this would be possible without you. Now, if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, go ahead and share it with them. The more people that are thriving and healing and doing cool things for themselves, the better this entire world is. So, Hello, welcome. We're going to jam today. Uh, Go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or a comment on YouTube if you are listening there. And if you are looking for one of the ways to reduce stress, I have got a freebie for you. If you head to amandachills.com slash reduce dash stress, you will find it there. All right, y'all, let's party. Hello, podcast fam. I am here with Leisha Drews, who is a women's hormone coach and overall wellness practitioner, and she has got gems for us today. So lots of education, so make sure you're paying attention. Welcome, Leisha. Thank you, Amanda, for having me. I'm really excited to chat today. Yes. So that was a small intro, but you know what you do better than I do, so what do you do? Yeah, so I am a holistic hormone coach. Um, It's kind of like the overview title of what I do. I work with women um, one-on-one and sometimes in groups to really find some of those root causes of the hormone problems that we have going on. So things like PMS and mood swings and terrible periods or like not being able to get pregnant and PCOS, like all these things that are just kind of like floating around topics out there and affect different women differently. But I think a lot of times like we hear that that's normal, right? Like, well, you're just a woman, so you probably will have bad periods. Um, And so my big passion is helping women understand what is actually normal in their bodies. And then like once they realize that, you know, the way that they're feeling is not normal, like, okay, then what's the answer, right? And what are we going to do about it? Um, Yeah. So I have a certification as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, and then I also have been a nurse for a long time. Like, I want to say almost 10 years, but I think it might be almost nine. Either way, (laughs) it's been a while. So I love that you explain that big cramps and um, just the rhetoric around what women experience during their periods is not normal because I grew up hearing it's so normal to be doubled over in pain and to take all of this all of these pain management medications and you're going to be out for days. And so I happen to be one of the outliers that doesn't experience any of those things. So I thought I was screwed up (laughs) growing up. That's funny. So you really see the opposite end where I would imagine part one is like women don't know that it's not, it is normal, but it shouldn't be normal. So they think, Oh my gosh, this is just, this is what I experienced. And I'm sure you hear horror stories. So how do you find that women start realizing that it it shouldn't be happening? Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be different for different women, of course. And there's like different extreme cases. 
But like some women will come to me and be like, I'm on the couch for four days when I get my period because I have a terrible migraine or because like I can't leave the house because I'm just bleeding so heavily or like I'm laying down with cramps. Like I've had women tell me that they've like passed out because their cramps were so bad or they have diarrhea for three days around their period. Like those type of symptoms, a lot of times they've lived with for a long period of time, but they just get to the point where they're like, even if they don't totally know that it's not normal for them they're like I can't live like this anymore so like you can get to that point and then I think there's a lot of women too who will just like kind of start doing some research on their own right like we all love to google things and like start to do our own like health research and podcasts and blogs and like all these great things but then we get like really tangled up in all the information sometimes because there's so much conflicting information so a lot of times women will come to me and be like well, I've done like keto and I've done paleo and I tried this one supplement for my cramps and then I tried like this other thing, but like we don't stick with those things very long because we don't actually have any idea if they're right for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I come in too is for the women who are just like, I don't feel great. I'm not super sick, but like I just have too much information and I don't know what to do for me. Um, and so I can help kind of untangle some of that information and yeah. help personalize what actually needs to happen versus um, just feeling so overwhelmed and then also just feeling like you can't stick with anything because you don't even know if it's working, right? So So. it's like instead of just throwing darts at a board and hoping something sticks, you really say, here are targeted approaches that because I've seen this pattern or because I've worked with other women who do this or because your diagnostic testing says X, Y, Z, this is what's going to work for you. Right, exactly. And then I think it's just really helpful to have someone else tell you a lot of times because then you're like, okay, well, you know, those three things are maybe things that I tried, but not together and not for a long period of time and like whatever. Right. So it's not always that I have like some like mind blowing new thing. Right. Because we only have so many new things in the world. Um, (laughs) But a lot of times it's just like being able to have confidence that like what you're doing is actually the right thing and then it's a lot easier to stick with it at that point and I think it helps a lot too because as a professional in the wellness space once you see enough people there's always patterns and so you really get to the point too where you can time where people are in their journey and you can say for people who have your specific set of criteria like generally in this X amount of time, you have this. It takes about this long to start seeing a difference in this symptom or I say behavior because I'm a counselor, but symptom. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can also time. So a lot of the mystery and a lot of the overwhelm goes away because they say, oh, okay, this is normal because you're the expert and you've had other people experience this. So this is what I know is coming too. So it's kind of like you're a guide in the forest. And they're like trying to do the first thing, but they're like, I don't know what's happening. I'm just in the forest. And you're like, Shh, I've been here. I'll take you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And just sometimes knowing that like, it's okay that you're not okay yet. Like, yes, this is really reassuring. It's like, okay, like I'm not wasting all my time and money. Like this is working. I just need to give it more time. Right. Cause it's easy yeah. patient for sure. Yeah. Cause you're seeing women who have decades of damage. A lot of times. Yes. So something that we started to chat about before we started recording is birth control. And when you say decades, like that's the first thing I think of because I work with a lot of women who are like 
in their childbearing years. So they might be in their 20s, often they're in their 30s, maybe even in their 40s. And when you're at that age, like a lot of us have the story, right, of like being a teenager and either having like acne or bad periods or irregular periods or mood swings or like literally anything like a sore tooth and then you get put on birth control to fix Mm -hmm. that because like if you have your regular cycles well birth control will regulate your cycles or if you have heavy periods birth control can regulate that right like let's just take it away from your body like your body's not doing a good job regulate you say right right so let's get into why that is not only not accurate but it can be dangerous for people or have negative consequences well, I think the first thing that I that I was kind of like going for is the thing the the main thing is like you get put on it as a teenager and then like women are on it for 10 years, 15 years, right? And it's just what you do. Yep. So, even with just that, like thinking of that like anything you're on for 10 or 15 years is going to have huge consequences in your body. So, with birth control specifically, it basically gives your body a super low level of hormones at all times. And when we're talking about birth control, we're talking about the pill. Um, It could be the implant. It can be the patch. um, An IUD, a hormonal IUD is even going to be similar as well. Like each of these things is going to give your body a low level of synthetic hormones. And so it can be just progestin, which is synthetic progesterone, or it can be estrogen and progestin, um, just depending on what your doctor prescribes to you. And so a lot of women will be like on a like low dose birth control, which feels better, right? Because you're like, well, it's just a low dose. So it's probably fine. Um, But what that does basically is it tells your body that you don't need to ovulate. Um, Like signals from your brain to your ovaries not to ovulate because you never have a rise in estrogen that would cause ovulation. And then with progestin, Normal progesterone actually gives a ton of health benefits, like it lowers your blood pressure, it helps with anxiety, Um, it's just like a really calming hormone, and when you're doing synthetic progesterone and you never have a rise in progesterone naturally because you never ovulate, um, you're not getting those same benefits, so even just not having progesterone can make a huge impact on like moods and anxiety and even like things like blood pressure can go up over time when you're on birth control, which is really interesting. But just giving your body that low level of hormones at all times is basically very similar to the levels you would have during menopause. And so thinking of like spending 15 of your childbearing years with low, low levels of hormones like that, um, that's not going to positively impact your fertility. Right. And even if you don't want to get pregnant, you your fertility is very important for your health in general. And even ovulation is something that you truly do want to be happening for your health in general, um, which is really interesting because you're like, wait a minute, like, why in the world would I ovulate to be yeah. healthy? But like those rises and falls in hormones, those cycles in your body are not only for your hormones, but like also with your detoxification and with your mood and like mentally your body needs to go through those changes because our bodies were actually created to be doing that over and over and over and over again throughout, you know, however many years you would be fertile. And so when you kind of like stifle that for multiple years at a time, it can have psychological effects as well as physical effects. So that can be really interesting to kind of like go down that path. 
Um, there's also a book, I don't know if you've heard of it, just a little side note, called Your Brain on Birth Control. But I'm going to read it now. Very interesting. Um, they've done a lot of research to show that when women are on birth control, that they actually find different things to be attractive than when they're not. So like you may even choose a different partner if you're on birth control versus when you're not. Um, now I had heard that and that is wild to me. So, so a couple of things that I'm hearing you say is humans, like humans in general are not meant to be in a steady state. That's why we're not always happy or always sad. We're supposed to cycle through, especially women, we're literally supposed to cycle through. That's why it's called a cycle. Right. Um, and that has so many health implications. So can you talk about why the, a woman's body is supposed to cycle through those and what happens when you don't cycle through? Yeah. So when you start having your cycle, like as a young teenager, the increase in estrogen in the early part of your cycle and then the increase in progesterone in the later part of your cycle actually creates different shifts mentally and physically as well. Um, and I think that it's really important to know that like when your hormones are at a low level all the time versus like going up and down, that it's going to impact like everything about your body because your fertility and those hormones, you know, like the brain stimulates the secretion of those hormones from your ovaries and from your adrenal glands um, and just from the different endocrine organs. And mm -hmm. estrogen and progesterone are not just for fertility. They have impact on other organs in the body as well. Um, so when those cycles are not normally happening, mm -hmm. you're not going to be getting that same level of those hormones or you're going to be getting different levels at different times of the month if you're in a regular cycle. But if you have just a low level of these synthetic hormones, the synthetic estrogen and progesterone can actually bind to some of those same receptor sites, but they can also bind to different receptor sites. Like mm -hmm. the synthetic, um, I believe it's progesterone, is made from testosterone. So, mm -hmm. or certain forms of it can be made from testosterone. So when you have something that's made from testosterone that's supposed to bind to progesterone um, binding sites. It can also bind to testosterone binding sites as well. And so that can change your testosterone preferences as well in your body, which can impact energy and mood and libido and like multiple other things, muscle growth and bone growth. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot that is impacted. And I think it's hard to even like understand exactly how and why like each hormone makes different changes in the body. But I think just the overall perspective that I shift that I want to have you guys start thinking about is just like what actually could be happening in my body because I haven't been cycling for 10 years or for three years or for however long it is because when you're on birth control and you have a period it's a withdrawal bleed it's not necessarily like an actual period um because you're giving your body these synthetic hormones for three weeks and then you have one week that you're not and so then you bleed but then like before your body can start cycling again, you start taking the pills again. So right. instead of having that cycle happen, you just stay steady. So I think it might be helpful to kind of like explain what a normal cycle looks like in the body and like how that actually impacts you yes. uh, to make this all kind of make more sense. So 
a woman's normal cycle would start the first day of her period. And so the first day of the period, the estrogen and the progesterone levels are going to be low. Um, as you go through that first week of the cycle, they stay pretty low. And then when you go into the second week, the estrogen starts to rise. Um, and it rises pretty quickly. And right before ovulation, which is usually about two weeks into the cycle, right before ovulation, it'll reach its peak. And so that whole time the estrogen is rising, um, women will often notice that they feel um, more social, that they feel more outgoing, that they have better skin. Um, this, some of the research shows that like during that time when your estrogen is rising and you're getting close to ovulation and when you're actually fertile, um, that you are considered to be more attractive, that you're more socially magnetic. Oh, interesting. Um, and then your libido is, of course, higher, too, right? Because right. to propagate life. Like, like, like hey, we got to have a baby. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, they've even noted that, like, when, I believe it was if men were listening to women's voices, that they would say that the women who were ovulating had a more attractive voice. Like, wow. it goes deep. Yeah. When you're on birth control, you're not getting any of that. Just like none ever, because you never have that estrogen rise and you never ovulate if your birth control. So one of the reasons to not take birth control, you're more attractive to the opposite sex. Is it the same way with um, homosexual women? Like, have they done studies like that where homosexual women are more attracted to women when they're? They may not have done those studies, and I don't know that it would be the same because of evolutionary purposes. But I wonder if that's the same thing. Yeah. It definitely could be. Um, that's not part of the studies that I've read. However, even just like with what I was saying about like being more socially magnetic and like able to communicate better, like women are just basically their best like social communicative selves during this time. So I imagine that in that relationship with two women, that each one would have their time where they would be the most yeah. attractive or like easily like feel more attractive to their partner at that time I am so yeah. in the middle you're ovulating you're more attractive you're more social what is the next phase yeah so when you get to ovulation your estrogen will actually drop off at that point and then progesterone starts to rise um, about a day after ovulation and so when progesterone rises your body actually warms up like a whole degree generally because progesterone is more of a, a warm hormone um, and this is like your gestation period, right? If you did get pregnant during ovulation, then your body would be preparing for a pregnancy because it's okay. that two weeks that basically like you could um, have implantation occur and get pregnant. And so during that time, um, a lot of times women will notice more of like a calm mood and more of kind of like a relaxed feeling um, if everything is working well. And so when progesterone is dominant, that's a time that is really good for women to be able to like slowly and steadily get things off of their to-do list. And it's still a time that's good for being social, like usually like the week after ovulation. Um, but then once you start to go into that week or so before your period, it is actually normal to have a little bit less energy and a little bit less like outward momentum where you might feel like a little bit more inwardly focused and maybe want a little bit more rest or want to do some more reflection 
or even have like this big kind of like nesting feeling of like wanting to like get things done and wrap things up and clean the house or like whatever that is for you. It may be in your business that you just feel like you need to like check things off the list and get things done before the end of your month, which is really interesting. So it affects different women differently, but you can see that like even with just the super brief Mm-hmm. way that I've talked about these like each cycle is different and so if you're missing that and you're just at a low level of hormones all the time mm-hmm. like you are going to honestly be a different person than if you have these like different phases where you're excellent in communication and then like excellent in productivity and then like ex- like better at introspection and even during your period week where we started at the beginning you have the most um communication and interaction between the left and right side of your brain. So that's a really great time for like planning and yeah. looking ahead and things like that. So I think it's just really, really interesting that like our estrogen and progesterone change our minds so much. Yeah. It's like blown right now so, with all of so the things amazing. that you're saying. That is wild. I feel like we could do a whole episode on just like the like those cycles and what it means for if you own a business or you're a parent or just life in general so that may be something we do in the future yeah, um, for, you all, go ahead I was just gonna say for now I do have like a little get started guide on that that we can link um absolutely and it even includes some different things about like nutrition you can do for each part of your cycle and like there's just so so far that you can go into it. And I love sharing about that. So we can definitely do that more. But I just wanted to say one other thing about birth control that I think women sometimes mostly don't ever know, honestly, is that like when you are on birth control, the way that that works in your body, it can cause nutrient deficiencies. Um, it can cause anemia depending on where you are with that already. Um, mm-hmm. But it can also cause issues with liver detoxification. So a lot of times women who are on birth control for a long period of time can have more of a sluggish liver and then they're recirculating that synthetic estrogen over and over again in their body. So it builds and builds and builds in the system. It can, not that you would necessarily have like a super high level of it, but just that you're not necessarily excreting it well. And so with that being said, it can also change the bacterial balance in your gut when you're taking birth control which can be a big issue if you already have gut problems in the first place. So a lot of women will come off of birth control and start to be able to heal things like gut imbalances and nutrient deficiencies. And um, some of those things might've been the reasons they got put on birth control in the first place. If they had gut imbalances or liver issues that caused acne or that caused irregular cycles, like it all is just so interconnected that when we look at hormone problems, that can't be the only thing we look at. Yeah. And so that would have a lot to do as well with like the food that we're eating and, you know, concentrated animal feeding organizations. So for people that don't know what that is. So I live in North Carolina where there's a lot of farmland. And what happens is people will raise cattle for the majority of their life. And then they'll go to a concentrated feeding organization or operation for the last three months. And they will pump these animals full of hormones and antibiotics and anything to keep them alive until they go to slaughter because that's where they get fattened up. But in the process, so much of our meat and eggs and cheese and milk and all of these things that we get from these animals are pumped full of hormones and all the antibiotics. And so we eat the meat that they have and it gets in that and their fat and 
And so that I would imagine also has a huge role in not only gut imbalances, but our hormone balance. So then you're trying to solve one thing, but, you know, taking birth control or, or eating like a standard American diet has huge consequences that lots of people don't know and can't see because they either don't know what to look for or they have no idea about the food that they're consuming because there's, you know, obviously millions of dollars spent on campaigns to tell you it's healthy and safe and all of those things. So, so you're really kind of a one-stop shop. You're like, do all the diagnostics and you say, we're going to heal your gut too. Because that's where a lot of, like for people that don't know, is where a lot of neurotransmitters are manufactured and, you know, they've taken to calling it the second brain. So you're doing all of those things. And then what are the, some, sorry, what are some of the things that women will start to see when they start on this healing journey? Yeah. So again, I always have this answer that's like very unsatisfying, but it depends. On the person. <laughs> it depends. I always say it depends. Yeah, it totally depends. But with that being said, like a lot of women that I've worked with have noticed a lot less anxiety, which is really interesting because it's like, was that even part of what we were starting with? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, yeah. right? Um, but a lot less anxiety, feeling more energy overall, sometimes being able to lose weight if they were having trouble doing that, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like having slow and steady weight loss, um, a lot of times being able to kind of regulate their cycles instead of having irregular cycles or painful cycles, like we really work on starting to get those where they're better and they're not so unbearable. So those are a lot of a lot of the things just that can start happening once your hormones in your gut, in your liver, and like all of the pieces start to heal. Um, and then I think too, like your piece of being able to work on mental wellness and mindset and like all of those things, like that has to be part of it as well. Yes. Because when our bodies are under an incredible amount of stress already because of all the things that you just mentioned, like even just with our meat, right? Mm -hmm. Or even just with our food supply or even just with birth control or even just with emotional stress or even just with not getting enough sleep. But no one ever has just one. But no one ever just has one. No, no. So, and there's, I mean, it's always a journey and it's all, there's always more to learn and like more you can do for your health, but like, there's definitely a really big shift that can happen when you start to look at the different pieces. So I look at nutrition, I look at exercise, I look at stress, I look at sleep, I look at making sure that supplements are right. And then also just like toxins in the environment and Mm -hmm. mental, emotional stress, like stress is such like, it's just like, Oh, it's stress. But like stress is like, everything is stress. I always say, like, you're not living your best life if you're constantly running from a bear. And our body doesn't know the difference between eating toxic foods or taking, you know, toxic hormones or not sleeping and running from a bear. Our body's just like, we're running from a bear 24-7 now. And it's like, no wonder you're exhausted and anxious and depressed. You're running from a bear all day long, every day. That's a problem. It is a problem. It's such a problem. And unfortunately, almost everyone's doing it. Yes, which is why we love podcasts and educating. So when I was poking around on your website, you went through a similar journey. So you landed here for a reason. Mm-hmm. How did you come to this? Um, like, this is your hill that you're going to die on. So how did we get here? Yeah, so I think there's definitely several pieces to that story, as always. But 
as a teenager, I think probably the time that I started realizing like something wasn't right is as a teenager, I had terrible acne, like all the time, super embarrassing, like never got better until I was like 20 something, right? It wasn't just like a year or two with a few pimples, like it was a long time. And so my mom started taking me to the dermatologist and they were like, well, you need to take an antibiotic. So my mom was okay with that. And we took an, I took an antibiotic for super long. Right. Um, and which kills bacteria in your gut (laughs) for your gut and terrible for your skin microbiome as well, because you're just always killing off bad Mm. bacteria, but then that bad bacteria can overgrow or different bad bacteria can overgrow and your good bacteria gets killed as well. Like antibiotics unnecessarily are a problem. Um, and like you said, like antibiotics are in our food too. So there's all the things, but So I took antibiotics and then eventually I took birth control. Um, and then eventually I took Accutane, which I don't know if you've heard of that, but that's bad. But I was so desperate for it to be better because it's like affects everything all the time. Like, I think I was like, I don't know, in college probably when I took the Accutane and, but the thing is like, as a teenager, you're just like, I just want this acne gone. Not like I, you know, nobody ever mentioned to me, if you change your nutrition, that yeah. could help. My mom asked the dermatologist, like, well, do you, is it chocolate? Like, should she not eat chocolate? And he was like, no, no, that's a myth. Food doesn't matter. And my mom's like, okay. Like, I, just, can we pause so on that let's for a second? I that differently. God. Uh, part of one of the things, um, and I'm sure you do this a lot, but just for anyone listening, like, Doctors and uh, well, you and you're a nurse, so you'll have to speak to nurses. But like doctors do not get nutrition training, not near in the amount that they need it. And I don't know what the nursing field is like, but the nurses I know say they don't get very much. So then they tell you, no, this this doesn't matter. As if your body isn't this crazy intricate system where everything affects everything and it's a beautiful machine. But then we throw trash into it. Oh, that's a whole separate rant. Um, yeah. So for people listening, like nutrition affects everything that you do, mm-hmm. which is why you offer all of these like holistic services. So sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So he just basically said like, nope, it doesn't matter. That's not what? it. And so I was like, well, it's must be genetic. It must just be me. Nutrition doesn't matter. You must know this toxic medication and get my liver tested every month every <laughs> to make sure I wasn't like killing my liver. Well, you know, like now I look back and I'm like, how, like I would never do that now. But you know, different now. And as, as a teenager, 18, 19, 20, something like that. And I'm like, I want this to be gone. I'm tired of being embarrassed about my skin. And so and you're I the like, expert. Right. So yeah, he's the dermatologist. Like he can, okay. and it got better. It did work. Mm-hmm. But like, was it worth it? Like, because when I did my testing a year ago or something or two years ago, whatever, last time I did my testing, mm-hmm. like my liver is still not working as well as it should be. Wow. I don't have liver failure or anything like that. But like a lot of us have sluggish liver anyway, but I wonder like, did that have to do with, mm-hmm. was it because of that medication? So anyway, long story shorter, um, I had acne and went on a bunch of medications for that. And then sometime in my teenage years, I started getting migraines and that was, a big deal because migraines are terrible and I would be like going to bed at 4 p.m. some days and just sleeping until my migraine got better and so that was something too that like 
we, I went to a doctor and he's like, oh, I think it's allergies and gave me like allergy medicine. And it's like, no one said a word to me about like, it might be your diet. It might be this. It might be that. Like, I think they did a scan of my brain and they're like, well, you don't have brain cancer. So you're fine. Um, and so that's not funny, but geez. Yeah. Eventually, like I'm a nurse working in the hospital and they didn't have any answers that were really helping me. The allergy medicine didn't work. Um, and I just remember one time I was driving home with my husband. We had driven like a couple hours away on a road trip and I got a migraine on the way back and I ha- like had to make him stop so I could puke on the side of the highway. And he was so worried about me. And like, I was just at that point, I was just like, this cannot be okay. Like something has to change. And so that's when I started doing my own research and starting to find out like what I could do nutritionally to help with my symptoms. And I started changing some of my diet and like started taking better care of myself. It took a long time for me to start doing this research on my own. Um, but I started, my headaches started getting better. Um, and I also had really irregular periods during that time. Like I never knew when my period was going to come. And like, I was on birth control some of that time. And like, I didn't understand my body at all because even when I was on birth control, my period was sometimes later than I thought. And so I just take like five pregnancy tests every month because I was terrified that I was pregnant. Like, which is stressful. Like it's so stressful. And like looking back, I wish someone had just like sat down with me and been like, okay, like, here's some things to work on. But I didn't know where to look. I don't know if, right. like who there was available at that time, but like I didn't come across anyone who could have helped me with my nutrition or could have helped me with my irregular periods. Um, it wasn't and so- nearly as talked about. I mean, women's health, I think, I mean, you'll know better than me, but it's only the last few years that even talking about periods is mainstream. Right. right? talking about women's health is mainstream for so long. It's been like, we don't talk about that. That's gross. And it's like, we out here talking about dudes BS all day long. Like, but we can't talk about half more than half of the population's health. Like this is insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really, it really is. So basically like being able to do some of my own research and make changes in my life that helped me really Mm -hmm. motivated me um, because I was still working in the hospital. I worked in like multiple areas of the hospital and like I wasn't seeing people like I was just seeing people like sicker and sicker and like I would see them like and that's a hospital system right they come in sit like there's we see the sickest people obviously like that's what's going to happen um but there's just so many people who are just getting sicker and sicker and then they would come in and die right and so like that's terrible and that's not where I wanted to be because I just have such a passion for like giving people information so that they can take charge of their own health, right? It's not that you'll never need a doctor. It's not that you'll never need an antibiotic. It's not that you'll never, like, sometimes those things are necessary. Sometimes the the emergency room is very necessary in a lot of cases. Like, I'm not against healthcare by any means. But I do think that there is so much that we can do to prevent it. And there's not money in prevention as much as there is money in curing the taking care of the sick people. I love that you mentioned that because I think that's one of the beautiful things about the internet is people can find resources. And then, you know, obviously one of the bad things is there's so many and there's conflicting and whatever, whatever. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but you are so, you are so right in that the power is in prevention and the power is in making your health a priority now 
so that down the road, it doesn't have to become your only priority. Like something I say a lot is that sooner or later, your health is the most important thing to you. Mm -hmm. Because that's so true. Like if you're not listening to your body, if you're just because a lot of people don't know, to be fair, there is stupid amounts of money spent to keep people sick and to make them feel disempowered about knowing their body or being their own authority. And there's a, there's so, so many campaigns for that, but it's so disempowering when you outsource your information, people who know their body best say, well, you're, you knew your body best. You knew something was wrong. And because you were taught to view doctors and dermatologists as an authority and they are right. I'm not trying to like damn healthcare, but they don't know everything and they certainly don't know your body better than you do. And I think one of the huge things to come out of the internet and like a health revolution, if you will, is people are starting to say, no, like this, you're not right. There's more to this. This isn't helping you're, you don't know everything. And I know my body better than you do. And just so, even being able to advocate for yourself and say like, yes. I really need more answers. Like, please help me find this out. Not mm-hmm. that you don't need the doctor. Like they have, tons of great information but but again like yeah they don't know everything and so I think being able to have multiple different people that you can go to for help is sometimes the most valuable thing and like you said like getting to know your body because I find especially as women especially as busy um productive business owning moms like whatever (laughs) like all the things we do as women yeah super easy to neglect yourself And women are taught to, uh, how do I say this? They're taught to have a useful body, if that makes sense, to be attractive and to, you know, women are conditioned to think of their body that way instead of really thinking and getting to know their body. They say, well, how can my body serve me instead of saying, well, how can I serve my body, which I think is a very different mindset. And people are busy, right? That takes a lot of time. It takes getting honest with yourself about what you're doing, which can be really hard for people. So I just love that you're in that space. And so you went through it, healed yourself and took your knowledge and said, you know what, if I did it, this is what it sounds like. Like if I did it, I can help other people do it. And then you have your own practice, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. And I think even like some experiences like I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old but some of my experiences with them when they were little like my daughter had asthma all of a sudden when she was two years old and I'm like this cannot be okay like super sick and the doctor was just like again you know well she's gonna have asthma she she'll probably grow out of it she can do an inhaler and I'm like she's my baby and this is not okay and so thankfully I did find someone who could help me more and like we worked on her gut and so that's why I'm so passionate about gut health and that's what really like put all of the pieces together for me to be like, okay, this is how I want to work holistically. And like, that's why I do lab work. And that's why I implement so many different strategies with my clients versus just to like, come see me one time and we'll do your lab results because we need more than that. Like we need all the pieces and we need collaboration with other professionals and we need encouragement and we need support and we need accountability and we need time to work on these things. And so I think that that is what I love so much about the approach that I take is that we have those factors versus just like one or two pieces of them. Yeah. And again, like I'm not going to say that I can, you know, fix anyone's anything 100%, right? Like we right. all have our roles, 
Mm-hmm. But I think that I really do believe in like the much more comprehensive approach versus just looking at one thing. So I would never say like, oh, like your estrogen is high. So we're just going to focus on your estrogen and then everything will like, that's not like, why is it high? Is it right. because like because of your liver, because of your gut, because mm-hmm. of the years of birth control? Like what's going on here? Like, what are you yep. eating? You know, there's just so many different pieces that I think we forget to look at. But yeah, I I love what I do. And I really, really enjoy like doing that detective work and trying to figure out the pieces and um, and teaching women just to like how to know their bodies and even specifically with their cycle, like just how to know like what's actually going on in your body every single week of your cycle and what you might expect with your mood and emotions and energy and stress and like what your body might need new- in nourishment yeah like that's so empowering as women instead of thinking of our our cycle as our period and it's gross and nasty and painful it's like this is literally the process of how life is created and like we get to be a part of that whether or not you want to have a child is kind of not relevant to that but like this is seriously like the process of life when you're going through your cycle every month and I think that that's such an empowering and like encouraging thing um, once you start to see it that way and once you start to know your body and like what your superpowers are truly in each of those weeks, it can be such an encouraging experience versus just like, I just hate my period. It's gross. Yeah. And you're also teaching women how to move forward and figure out if a problem comes up, how to solve it for themselves. So one of the hallmarks of like a wellness provider who is actually doing a good job. <laughs> and this is something I, because I'm in the wellness space and you may know people who do this as well is you're not the guru. Like they don't need you forever. You're not healing them. It's not the power isn't with you. It's in teaching them how to heal themselves. So then when they go forward in life, after they're done working with you, um, they say, Oh, I I run into a similar problem. Now I have the skills to, to do my own work. Right. Yeah. My whole goal is to like them for, to them, to have them not need me anymore, just to like right. kick myself out of a job, right? Because I want you yeah. to feel so good and so confident in what you know about your body that you don't need my help. Yeah, That's I cool. always say um, when I first meet a client, like the goal is that eventually you fire me and they're like, what? And I'm like, no, that's the whole point is that yeah. you step out and you fire me. So how many women have you worked with? How long have you been in business for yourself? So I think it's been about a year and a half now so not super long yeah yeah it's still fairly fairly fresh but um were you gonna ask like how many women I've worked with over that time and do you still do nursing or is that you just keep your license do you still work in nursing no actually I have transitioned out of working in the hospital yeah okay holla what yeah I am I believe when I first started doing my holistic health business, I was working as a clinical instructor still. So I was teaching nursing students. Oh, cool. Um, but I quit working in the hospital pretty about when I started my business and I worked with the nursing students a little bit longer. Um, and then I just realized like I just needed to focus on one thing. Um, because <laughs> like I said, a lot of things going on over here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I transitioned out of that. And right now I have about 20 clients that I work with and that's kind of my max. I can take about three every month. So dude, good for you. Now you do three and six month packages. Mm -hmm, I do. Yeah. Just 
what I like to do um, is just get on the phone with someone and just have a quick like, well, it's not really quick. It's actually <laughs> pretty good, pretty good call um, where we just talk about like what has been going on in the past, like what's bothering you, like and then like what your health history is as well that could be related to. But then like, what do you actually want? Like, where do you want to go? Um, because I feel like being able to know those pieces makes it really clear for me, like what they're going to need, whether they need a smaller amount of time or a larger amount of time or like what they're, you know, available to commit to as well. Um, and then we can kind of just go from there, but it's just like, it's really, really cool to be able to hear, hear different people's stories and see what they're wanting um, and then be able to walk with them through that. So it's definitely very, very personalized, but generally it's like three or six months. That is awesome. I, I just love that you're doing this. Like I'm such an entrepreneur at heart. So whenever people are like really stepping into that, I'm just like screaming internally in my head. It's like so exciting. Now we have a few, maybe like 15 ish, 20 minutes left. And I would love to talk about infertility and what you're seeing there. And I would also imagine, so like you were saying earlier, when you're on birth control and your your body thinks you're in menopause and then people come off of it to have a baby and your body's like, whoa, lady, we've been in menopause for 20 years. Like, what do you mean you want me to kickstart into growing a human? I can imagine that would be very confusing for a body. And because of all the stuff we take in and you know unhealthy lifestyles and things like that, like pregnancy is hard. I mean, most pregnancies miscarry. I think the statistic you would know better than me is something like 65%. What I had heard was, I think that it was either one in three or one in four. Mm. Okay. Well, so I was a little high, <laughs> but still I, I that's pretty seen, high. Yeah. That's, that's a statistic that I've heard for sure. And just to like, just to clarify, birth control doesn't necessarily put you into menopause, but it is just a very low level of hormones that can be similar to the level of hormones you'd have in menopause. So I just want to make sure that I'm not, you know, thank miss, you for clarifying. Miss malcharacterizing birth control in that way. Yeah. Um, I think that was a confusing way to say it, but um, with fertility, I do think that there are just so many pieces again that are contributing for women, but I know that infertility rates are climbing. Um, and I think that even just that piece that we talked about of like running from a bear, like that is a huge yeah. piece that is not really well um, gone into, I think in a lot of cases, because I really find that like, there's just no way that your body can get pregnant when you're constantly, constantly under stress. And like your brain would never tell your body oh, this is a good time to ovulate and have a baby when you feel that much stress on a long- When you're in survival mode, right? Yeah, you're truly in survival mode. And so like people still obviously do get pregnant who are in like crazy situations all the time and they don't even mean to. So yeah. there's, you know, there's different pieces, but I think that it just depends on like how the factors are stacking up for your body. But I think that a lot of a lot of the pieces that I see for infertility are similar to what I see for hormone imbalances. And that's going to be a long history of eating foods that are toxic, um, a history of like nutrient imbalances or hormone imbalances from taking birth control, um, mm -hmm. issues with the gut microbiome from being on antibiotics or just from like all of the different toxins in our foods or even like um, issues with foods that are inflammatory. 
specifically to you or non-specifically as a food in general. Like each of these pieces is easy to overlook, but I think it's really important that like we find the pieces that are truly causing stress and are these hidden stressors on the body. Because I think, again, like we just have to get your brain away from thinking that you're running from a bear. And there's so many different ways to do that. But especially if a woman is underweight or significantly overweight can also be a problem for fertility, um, for just for hormone balance, um, like issues with estrogen, either dominance or not enough estrogen or not enough progesterone, like any of those things in and of itself can play into infertility. Um, But a lot of women also are coming up with um, blood sugar issues and thyroid issues. And those things can come again from not eating well, not nourishing your body well, over a long period of time from a lot of stress, from lack of sleep, like each of these things over a period of time tells your body that you're not safe. And then you start to have this cascade of symptoms and organ issues with different organs and organ systems, and they all play together in the body. So I think a lot of times like taking birth control and then hopping off of birth control and expecting to get pregnant, sometimes it works perfectly well. Sometimes it totally works and the mom gets pregnant and has a healthy baby and everything. I think more often though, in that situation, what we think is normal is still not optimal. So like if you've been on birth control for all these years and you have a messed up gut and a messed up liver and nutrient deficiencies, and then you get pregnant, you're just carrying all of that into your pregnancy and you don't have the re- the reserves to give to your baby of nutrients. Yeah. You don't have, you have a higher level of toxins in your body. If you're not detoxifying, you're passing on your gut microbiome to your child. Hopefully if you give birth vaginally, but if you're not going to give birth vaginally, then like when you have a C-section, they get this whole array of like sterile, nothing and hospital germs instead of like a normal level of bacteria. And so that can cause gut issues in that child either way or both. A lot of times I feel like it's both the mom has gut issues and then has a C-section. Yeah. And so like each of those things can be overcome, but I really find that it's most efficient. Like if you did take birth control or if you didn't and you're ready to get pregnant, that you actually would spend like three to six months working on your health before you have a baby. Yes. Impact your child's health in crazy ways. Um, Impacts your health because not only is pregnancy stressful, then you have a baby that you have to keep alive. Right. Which is stressful. So if you're building that foundation, then it becomes easier to just maintain those changes versus saying, well, I had the baby and now I'm going to work on all of those things that I wanted to work on, but didn't have time because I was pregnant. But now I don't have time because I have a little person dependent on me. Right. And so you build a foundation before. So then you maintain. Mm-hmm. Well, and then also I think you create a really good environment for yourself while you're pregnant, that you be nourishing your body well, because how many women like get pregnant and they're like, sweet, I can have all the ice cream now. And just like, (laughs) I mean, and it's not the cream, obviously. Um, but like, you know, it can't be your only source of nutrition for six or nine months. Um, you're going to hate the results of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. even like, so like when you take time to prepare for pregnancy, like, yes, you might be doing it for your child or maybe you're doing it for yourself, like, or both, any of those are good. But like when you prepare your body for pregnancy, you're setting yourself up for a healthier pregnancy for less risk of complications, for less risk of intervention. And even just 
mentally, like, I think that you would come into birth with more of a perspective of like, I do know my body, I know what I want versus I'll just do whatever they say is necessary. Because I think a lot of times there's unnecessary interventions that can cause issues for the mom or for the baby later on. But even just like, when your body is in optimal health before pregnancy, you have less of a chance of postpartum depression, you have less of a chance of yeah. you know, thyroid problems after pregnancy, you have less of a chance of having a lot of trouble losing weight or losing too much weight or like not being able to sleep, having anxiety, like all these things that again, consider pretty normal. Like, oh yeah, it's just right. to like have the baby blues, right? Okay. It's not. It's, yeah. Uh, and a lot of women, I think, and men, well, but more specifically in general, but women, because that's what we're talking about right now, like think that like it can be hard to tell because this becomes your normal and you get used to feeling crappy, but you don't know that you feel crappy because they've never experienced what feeling good feels like. And so they're like, well, this is just my life. And it's like, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, but it doesn't have to be. And so it sounds like you help women explore also what it does feel like to feel good and healthy and have energy. Like, I think you're, you're, uh, you saying that like energy is one of the things a lot of people see, like most people have no idea what they're capable of because they're so tired because their body is like, yo, I am trying to keep you alive. Help it. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. I think that that's, yeah, just having like brain fog or like feeling really tired in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Like all of those things are things that are like, again, so common, but actually a sign that something's not right. Um, and then you feel super tired all day and then you get really wired before bedtime. Um, and then you like don't go to sleep again and you stay up on your phone until midnight and then you repeat that cycle. Um, again, that's just adding to the stress on your body and it's going to make you feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah, people really don't realize what feeling good feels like until they start those things. Mm -hmm. So you are truly like, y'all, listen, she is holistic. I love it. <laughs> like you really do everything. So how can people work with you? How do people find you if they want to know more, if they want to work with you? Do you um, give us all those? Okay, yeah. So the best place to get in touch with me is usually through Instagram. And my Instagram handle is at abundant.life.wellness, or you can just look up my name, Leisha Drews, and you'll see the Abundant Life Wellness page as well. Um, I have links in my profile for everything for my website. If you just want to kind of like learn more of lots of education on my Instagram as well, lots and lots of like good hormone things and what to eat, like all, all the little fun tips on there. Um, and then there's also a link to book a free consult call if you're interested in doing that on my page as well. Um, and then even just going back to like the middle of what we were talking about with the different phases of the cycle, I actually have a mini course that's available for going through each of the phases of the cycle and like just kind of all the pieces like mental, emotional, stress, sleep, um, energy and nutrition, like what that can look like in each of those phases and how to support your body well. And then also if you have been on birth control or if you just maybe haven't learned this before because none of us really learn this in health class, right. we have all of the information in there about like how to actually track ovulation and how to know what your body is doing throughout your cycle, whether you have a regular cycle or not. 
Um, and the best part, in my opinion, is that it's a mini course. It's less than three hours. You could buy it and get through it in a couple of hours and just like really be able to up level your knowledge of your body. And then you can use that information and go through a couple of months of tracking and a couple of months of like paying attention to how you're feeling in different sizes. And I really find that it just completely changes the way that you see your hormones and your cycle and even like kind of your identity as a woman in a lot of ways because it is just so positive. So that's called decode your cycle. Um, yeah, yeah. That's just a super fun way to get started for sure. And for those of you who check it out and I encourage everyone to, her website is gorgeous. It is is like total website goals. So if you go for nothing else, just go to like be jealous of how beautiful her website is, but also do the things. Um, so what is something you want to leave people with? I think my biggest thing is just that I would love for you to know that if you're in a place with your health or with your hormones or with your fertility that you're not happy with, that you're not stuck there, Um, that you just need to keep looking and that you can find the answers that you need, whether it's in a coach or a different type of healthcare provider or, you know, a blog, like there, there sometimes are ways that you can find it on your own, but I definitely encourage you to get support because a lot of times it can just like speed the process up so much and you can just kind of like jumpstart your education that you need. But yeah, I just want you to know that you're not stuck where you are. Um, and that if any of the things that we've talked about, like the 700 different symptoms we've talked about are something that you're struggling with, that like there is hope and that you can be out of that place and that it's not necessarily going to take years and years to get there either. How empowering. I love that. Leisha, thank you so much. You were absolutely lovely to interview. And I, there's like so much that in my head, I'm like, oh my God, we need like four more interviews with this. So there is a lot. So definitely people check out her Instagram. Like there's such a deep dive into this that it sounds like you do a lot of education on your Instagram, which is so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love doing that. So thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you. Now I'm going to press um, stop record and then we can chat. Okay. Y'all, how great is Leisha? That was so much information. Like my head is still spinning just thinking about all the possibilities and all the knowledge that she has. I so strongly encourage you to check out her website and get with her. Like that woman is an expert. She's like a hormonal Xena up in here, like busting myths and doing her thing. So thank you so much for listening. As always, everything will be linked in the show notes, her website and everything else. And if you want to reduce stress, head on over to my website, www.amandachills.com slash reduce dash stress. I will see y'all next week.